0: We're in a series called Advent. We started last Sunday, and Advent is is associated with a number of things. Last week, we discovered that Advent calls us to look at the different comings of Christ, the the first arrival of Jesus, to look back at the baby. It calls us to look forward to the return of the King. It calls us to look inward into our hearts to to see if Jesus is there. Uh, One of the things that's often associated with Advent is light. Uh, Even in our graphic, you see the Advent candles. Uh, We just saw these stars all over the stage. And so I wanted to talk to you today uh, about light, about the significance of light in the Christmas story. Light is one of my favorite things about Christmas. Ever since I was a little boy, I loved Christmas lights. Any other Christmas light nerds in the house? Like, you look forward to lights, you you drive around to see them, you stalk different neighborhoods to find out who's got the best. I remember being like seven years old, and we drove like an hour to this house uh, that was probably ridiculous Uh, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of lights and something I've always enjoyed one of my favorite things about my parents hometown in North Carolina is they they decorate downtown significantly with lights when we first moved to South Haven or when I first moved to South Haven I became a big fan of Southern Lights when I think Cody Mercedes took me my first year and I've been going ever since there's something about Christmas lights it's such a cool celebration. And of course, uh, light has been a part of the Christmas celebration for a very long time. In fact, we go all the way back to the 1500s when the German reformer and priest, Martin Luther, uh, was walking home one winter night, one clear winter night in Germany, and as he was actually composing a sermon, uh, he looks up and he was awed by the brilliance and the wonder of the stars. And he thought, what a beautiful sight. And he wanted to recreate it for his children. So he went home and he got a tree. And he put the tree in his living room. And he decorated the tree with candles. And that was the first time anybody ever decorated a tree with Christmas lights. Now, Decorating a tree with candles is probably not advisable. Uh, I can see a couple potential issues there, Uh, but somehow Martin Luther and his children survived by God's grace, uh, and we were handed down the tradition of lighting Christmas trees, and then as it's expanded into lighting everything else, but obviously light goes much further back in the Christmas story than that. Isaiah chapter 9 is one of the most famous prophetic passages about the coming of Christ. It's one that we quote very frequently at Christmas time, And in Isaiah 9, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, the prophet says this in verse 6 and 7 very famously. It says, for to us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So we, we, we have this famous passage that talks about Jesus coming. But it actually doesn't start there in verse 6. It starts in verse 2. And the prophecy begins in verse 2 with this statement. About Jesus. It says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. This theme of light accompanying the arrival of Jesus, of Jesus symbolizing light and light symbolizing Christ, is woven throughout the entirety of the New Testament. In Luke chapter 1, the beginning of the Christmas story, there, Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, is born. And John is called to, to be this prophet who would foretell about Jesus. He comes a few months before Jesus' arrival. And as he is born, uh, his father, Zechariah, who's been unable to speak because he had seen an angel who foretold, man, you're, you're gonna get, your wife's going to give birth to this child, and uh, you're going to name him John. So Zechariah confirms, hey, the baby's name's got to be John. Mom says it's going to be John. Zechariah writes it down. They say, okay, the name's John. Zechariah is restored with his ability to speak. And as he's restored with his ability to speak, the Holy Spirit falls on him. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he begins to sing a song of prophecy about John and about ultimately who John was going to foretell. Listen to what Zachariah says under the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, and you, my child, talking about John, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. To give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. So this is the first New Testament declaration that Jesus was coming as the sun to shine on those of us who are living in darkness. Hang on with, hang in with me. I'm going somewhere with this. have got... Two more passages I want to show you. Luke chapter 2, famously, we just saw this portrayed by our kids. We see shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And when the angel appears and pierces the darkness of the night, it says, The glory of the Lord shone around them. We don't know exactly what that looked like but we know it was significant. We know it made an impression. We know that when the angel appeared and the glory of God showed up, that the light was so bright that it made a mark on the shepherds, that it confirmed to the shepherds this is something supernatural you're experiencing. This is something from heaven where God is invading. See, all throughout the story, we see light piercing darkness. Matthew chapter 2. Jesus is born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, where is the one who's been born of the Jews? Why did they ask that? Because they said, we saw his star, right? You know the story of the star, the star of Bethlehem. Why did they come looking for Jesus? Because God set a light to represent the birth of his son. Time and time and time again, Jesus is connected to light. In fact, Jesus himself, 30 years later, no longer the baby in the manger. Now he's fully grown up. Now he's in ministry. Now he's proclaiming the goodness of God. He says about himself in John chapter 8, verse 12, says when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. As I was preparing for this week's message, I was overcome by the the realization and the awareness that sometimes Christmas is not always full of light. Sometimes Christmas is accompanied by some darkness. And in some lives, in some situations, for some people, Christmas isn't just accompanied by darkness, but Christmas actually feels like darkness that Christmas actually brings that darkness into their life. And so what I want to do today very quickly as we wrap up, I want to give you three ways that the light of Jesus is good news for us. The first is this, is that the light of Jesus, Jesus shines light into our dark moments. Some of us have some dark moments coming up. Man, maybe for you, your dark moment is a specific event that you have to go to that you dread. Man, I hate this one family dinner. I hate, man, I got to go watch my kid do another 14 performances at school, right? Like there's, there's that, that, the, the, that darkness that comes with all the stuff that has to be done at Christmas time. Maybe more seriously, the darkness, the dark moment is, is represented by a person that you have to see. So a, a family member that you've become. Strange from a particularly difficult person to deal with that you have to, to, to confront. And now there's this, this light season of light, the season of Christmas. And the Christmas season is good, but you're dreading the dark moment. I want you to know that Jesus came to shine light into our dark moments. He came to shine light into your dark moments. If you will let him, he will bring light even into that toxic relationship even into that difficult conversation, even into that performance you don't want to be at, or that 14th whatever, or Christmas party, or whatever is going on, that it's like, man, do I really have to be here? Jesus will shine his light in you and then through you if you will let him. We know there's seven I am statements of Jesus in the book of John, right? We just read one of them, I am the light of the world. You know that this is the only one that Jesus elsewhere in scripture actually says about us? All the other I am statements about Jesus. He says, I am the way and the truth of the life. He never says, you're the way, the truth, and life. Right? He says, I am the good shepherd. He never says, you're the good shepherd. But he does say, you church, you believers in Jesus, you are the light of the world in Matthew chapter 5. Why? Because once his light shines in us, now it can shine through us. And so you don't have to go into that dark moment and have darkness there. You can actually go into that dark moment and carry the light of Jesus because you are the light of the world. He's actually called us to reflect him in that way. Jesus doesn't just shine light into our dark moments, but Jesus shines light into our dark seasons. You see, for some, it's not just a piece of the Christmas season that is difficult. It's actually the Christmas season itself. Perhaps for you, the season is difficult because you feel a sense of loneliness, a sense of discouragement. Maybe for you, the season is difficult because you don't have the the ability to provide for your kids the way that you want to. And the whole season is filled with dread because you know they're going to wake up Christmas morning disappointed and you're gonna feel so so guilty so ashamed and this is how you're feeling heading up to it and so the season is dark maybe for you the season is dark because of some loss you've experienced and Christmas reminds you of this family member who's not going to be there man we used to always go to grandma's house and now grandma's not there Mom used to always cook Christmas dinner, and now she's not around, maybe even further than a grandparent or a parent. Maybe it's a sibling or, God forbid, even a child who's been lost, had a friend whose mother passed away on Christmas, and he hated the Christmas season. He dreaded the Christmas season every year. All Christmas did was remind him of what he didn't have anymore. It's a dark season. We know that Christmas is, many times, December is the highest point of suicide statistically in our nation. That more people take their life during the holidays, during this season that we associate with joy and peace and hope and life and light. And in the midst of all this celebrating going on, we've got some people over here that just can't take it anymore. That's a dark season. And I believe, that Jesus Christ came from heaven to shine light into our dark seasons, to shine His light. I believe that He's a God who redeems, He's a God who restores, and even though you may have suffered loss at Christmas time, or perhaps Christmas time just reminds you of what you have lost, that this year Jesus wants to remind you of what you have gained. That he wants to remind you of what you've been given. That he wants to remind you of what you have in store. And yes, those people and those situations may never be back on this earth, but that doesn't mean he's finished with you yet. That doesn't mean there's not more in store for you at Christmas. There's more memories to be built. There's more celebration to have. He wants to shine light into our dark moments and into our dark seasons. And lastly, and of course most importantly, Jesus shines light into our dark hearts. I don't know if you guys stay up on, on current events and news, but uh, usually I, once every couple of days, I'll kind of check in on the world, right, and what, what's going on. And newsflash, it's usually bad, right? Like, spoiler alert, the world is not a good place. Uh, and, and you see stories, uh, I think a week or so ago, I saw a story of this, this 17-year-old girl who was pregnant, and, and she waited until she was like six months pregnant before she told her boyfriend. Her boyfriend found out in the state that they lived in in Texas, it was too far along in the pregnancy for her to get an abortion. And so he stabbed her to death to take her life and the baby's life. And I read stuff like that, and I'm just like, how? How evil, how wicked. How wicked. What, what, what a terrible world that we live in. And the reality is most of us are never going to do that, right? But we all have some darkness in us. We all have some darkness in our hearts. All of us are capable of some dishonesty. All of us are capable of, of saying things and doing things that are very hurtful. In fact, some of us may actually be the reason for the dark moment or the dark season for somebody else this time of year, right? It might be us who's created that difficulty for someone and Jesus came not just to make things better most importantly Jesus came to make us better in fact he didn't just come to make bad people good he made came to make dead people live he came to shine light into our dark hearts scripture tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things that that, that all of us have something in us that inclines us away from God's best to a destructive path, to a place that is hurtful and negative and, and evil and wicked. And Jesus came to shine light into me. He came to shine light into you. He came to shine light into us. To illuminate us, to fill us with his goodness, his grace, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his passion, his spirit. He came to fill us. You say, ultimately, why did Jesus come? A lot of times we answer that question, Jesus came to bring salvation. And that's what I used to give as the answer to that. But that's just a piece of it. Jesus didn't just come to bring salvation. Jesus came to bring heaven down. What did he teach us to pray? He said, God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He came to establish a kingdom, to build a kingdom, to expand a kingdom. He came to begin to shine light into this dark earth and to begin to expand things here that they'd look like there. And you know how he does that? One sinful, dark, wretched person at a time who he changes, who he fills, who he shines light into, and the next, and the next, and his kingdom grows, and it expands, and the stars are up there looking down on us, celebrating as God's kingdom gets larger on earth as it is in heaven. You see, light is all throughout the Christmas story. As you see Christmas lights, as you celebrate with South Haven lights, or you go to Memphis to Starry Nights, or whatever your thing is to see the Christmas lights. Maybe you're, you know, the the, the guy who overdoes it. You're Tim the Toolman Taylor or whoever, and you've got three thousand lights, or uh, what's the guy from Christmas Vacation, um, right? Like maybe you're that guy. When you see those lights this Christmas season, let them remind you the truth of what light connects with Christmas. That Jesus came to shine His light into our dark moments, into our dark seasons, and praise Jesus into my dark heart. That's why he came. That's why light is associated with him. That's why God hung a star in the sky. That's why angels pierced the dark night with light to declare that Jesus came to shine some light into our darkness. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for the light that you shine into your people, into this world through Jesus Christ. And so God, I pray this Christmas season as we light candles, as we hang lights, as we have all this stuff associated with light and movies and and, and, and everything about stars and so much, God, that we would not lose the significance of what you are trying to say. You wanted to declare to us that for those of us living in darkness a great light has shone. God, in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our fallenness, in the midst of our mess, you sent light. So God, I pray right now for your people. God, I pray that you would shine your light into our dark moments this time of year. God, anything that's difficult, any challenge that's coming up that, that we're dreading, that we're experiencing anxiety about, God, that we're just not looking forward to, I pray that you give us a new perspective. That we begin to pray over that situation and embrace the opportunity to shine your light into that relationship, into that toxic person, that toxic situation, into whatever it may be. God, we want to shine your light. God, we thank you that you shine your light into our dark season. God, if anybody here is just hates this time of year God because of loss because of loneliness because of something that they associate with this time of year God I thank you that you're a God of redemption and I speak redemption over this season for that individual in Jesus name God we thank you for turning it around we thank you for giving them new hope for a new season Father God we thank you for 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 just touching them and healing them your word promises you are close to the brokenhearted. So we speak healing over that broken heart right now. God, I thank you most of all that you shine light into our dark hearts. I thank you that you've shown your light into my darkness, God, that again and again you shine your light into my darkness. God, let that never grow old to us. Let us never take that for granted. We thank you for your light. We embrace the light of Jesus in our lives. We thank you that he's the light of the world, and because he is, you've allowed us to be. So, God, if there's anybody here today who's not allowed you to shine your light into their darkness, God, I pray that today would be their day, that they meet you, that they experience you, that you touch them in a real and meaningful and significant way. God, that you would begin to shine your light through them as you shine your light into them. We thank you for it, God, in Jesus' name.